Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning Nitzavim Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Nitzavim. The topic of our Aliyah is intergenerational binding. And that idea is found in three Psukim, Perik Choftes, Yudbez to Yudaled. A basic summary of the Aliyah is this covenant which is discussed in the first Aliyah is to establish you as a nation, to be Hashem's people, and He will be your God as He swore to your patriarchs. But not just with you standing here today, is Hashem making this covenant, but even those who are not present are also part of this covenant. That's the summary of the Aliyah. Let's take a few basic points to ponder. Point number one is, why, why is this covenant making them into a nation? To make you into this nation today. Rashi explains that Hashem is promising not to reject them, the nation of Israel, as a nation. If that's the case, Hashem requires that we also keep our side of the bargain, and that is to keep HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the only power in our lives, the only one to trust. Therefore, it's a two-directional requirement. That's what's being said here. The Rachel HaKadosh adds to this and says that Israel's just heard all the curses. If you read through Pasha's Kisava and you concentrate on the words, it is extremely depressing and terrifying to read all those curses. Unspeakable ideas which are going to befall the nation should they not live up to their responsibility. And many of those are responsibilities for collective punishment. Meaning, if one person does it, then another person gets punished. That's a terrifying thing to think about. When B'nai Israel hear this, they say, wait a second, this is a big deal. How can we be held responsible for our neighbor's sins? So Hashem explains, well, that is the byproduct of the arrangement I'm setting up. The arrangement that he's setting up is that you are going to be a people. And to be a people means to be responsible for one another. So this is what it means to be a people. Another question, what does it mean those who are not present now? So the Mephoroshim will explain, Rashi quotes the Medjitan Chumat, this refers to the future generations. In other words, the covenant which is being made now is not just binding upon you, but on all future generations. Which leads us to the next and last question, which is, how can a covenant be made with a person who is not present? How can you swear, make a person take an oath, if they are not here at the ceremony itself? The Sforno says, in a very beautiful way, that this is the requirement of entering the land of Israel. If you want to inherit the land of Israel, this is the prerequisite. You, as the people here, standing on the steps of Moab, are about to inherit the land of Israel, so you need to take the oath. When you pass on, your children inherit the land. By them inheriting the land, they themselves are going through the same process. Anybody who will inherit the land from you in the future will have the same responsibility of acceptance. So therefore, even though those people may not be now, here now, but they're going to go through the same experience of inheriting the land, which is conditional. And this is the condition. Rasul Etchik points out that Judaism is not an individual opt-in plan. It is an enterprise. And that means to say the covenant was made with the enterprise called Israel. And Israel is an entity beyond the individuals. Any individual born into that enterprise is automatically part of the rules of that community and enterprise. And that's what's happening over here. We as Jews don't speak about ourselves as hyper-individualistic people. Yes, the Torah does give us individual rights, but we are not people who live on our own island. We are part of a greater whole, and that greater whole has rules. These are the rules. Finally, the Kleyakra explains that this refers to all the Nishamas that were present, all the souls that were present, even at that standing. On the plains of Moab, Moshe Rabbeinu is giving them the condition and the Shvua to everyone there, those physically there and those only spiritually there. Their souls are there. 
And in fact, the Kleyako points out, we do see a precedent that a neshama, a, a soul, can take an oath. The Gwarin Nida on Daflamad Abbas tells us that a soul, when it's about to be born, is made to swear on the day of birth to be a tzaddik and not to be a rasha, which means that a soul can take an oath even before it is embodied which is a very beautiful and powerful idea, which means that all of our souls, all the parts of our souls that have come to us throughout the generations were initially and originally there at this intergenerational oath, which takes place in our earlier. With this, we close our earlier. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.